What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. You might know us as the co-founders of Of A Kind, the co-authors of Work Wife, or just two women who feel so strongly about their relationship that they own the domain ClaireAndErica.com. Related, head there and sign up for our newsletter and find episode notes. And leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 about absolutely anything that is on your mind. Check out our Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And please, if you listen to podcasts in Apple Podcasts, subscribe and leave us a rating and review. We would be so grateful. We love them. Um, you wanted to talk about house shoes. And I did. I did. Yeah. I arrive at this conversation on the defense. Um, oh, and I, did, I, I had will, no idea this was the tone we were taking in this conversation, but I'm learning quickly. Well, um, I, I, I open the floor to you to begin. Okay. So my initial, I was going to pose it as a question of, do you wear house shoes or mm-hmm. what are you wearing around the house these days or no? And just see where this goes. But, you know... <laughs> As someone who's going to come at this from the defense (laughs) position. I don't wear house shoes. And I've always been a shoe household. I've never lived in a shoeless household before. My in-laws are not a shoeless household. And I, at times it has occurred to me to maybe attempt to be a shoeless household. And certainly when I come home and I'm wearing uncomfortable shoes, I take my shoes off. You don't stomp around in like a platform. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. However, since we've been in quarantine, which I understand has been a time where many people's germ consciousness has been raised and that has motivated them to become a shoeless household if they're not, I have gone in the opposite direction and have been more committed to shoes than ever before because I felt a real compulsion to get dressed and to get fully dressed. And that has... and. That has required me putting on shoes that go with the outfit that I'm wearing. And here's where I'd like to pause and say, I think you maybe should be on the defense because I think that is insane. Just completely insane. Ma'am, I know you. And that is why I was on the defense coming in. I knew what I was going to hear back. I knew what I was going to hear reflected back to me. Okay. So the shoes you're putting on for the looks that no one sees, um, there's a variety of shoes then I'm gathering. Yeah. I mean... For the most part, they've been the Birkenstock clogs because okay. that's been the shoe that I've been wearing most in general for the last, I don't know, nine months. 
So I, I switched to a summer version recently and they're probably the most comfortable shoe that I own, but I will put so on... So we're a, talking about the Birkenstock Boston's, originally the Shearling yeah. line yes. ones. And now and the now EVA the, ones. Yeah, the EVA, the Essentials in white. Yes, exactly. First the black Shearling and now the Essentials in white. But I've been doing, sometimes I do a ballet flat. Sometimes I do like a flat mule. Sometimes I do a little lace-up sneaker. I haven't been doing anything too complicated, like a boot. Um, no boots. It's also summer. So congrats well, to you. <laughs> we started this quarantine in March. Okay. But so I suppose I, there's a scenario in March where you could have been putting on a boot and that would have been <laughs> bonkers. Okay. Keep going. I felt some shame around the germ concerns for it. And okay. then as new research has been surfacing around coronavirus, eventually someone was like, you're not catching coronavirus from the germs on the ground. And unless you're like in the ground, basically. Yeah. And I've always, even pre coronavirus, been conscious of the fact that yes, our floors are filthy. And yes, I have a kid who crawls around them and it's not. And he great. actually does kind of like the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just am like, you know, fine. I'm, it's dirty. It's not my, um, my best habit, but I just like shoes. And okay. I think there's, I like the idea of like a house shoe of there being a slipper that you wear around the house and that everybody has their own. But my other issue with this, and uh, longtime listeners will recall this also plays into my coffee habits, is that my house is very narrow and it has very steep stairs. I cannot imagine where we're going with this. (laughs) If I'm like on the bottom floor and it's time to leave and I all of a sudden realize I have my house shoes on and I have to go up and race up the stairs to get on my my street shoes and then like worried about a slip and fall no it's just like a lot of work running around trying to fight it's like a whole mr rogers vibe but instead of like being in this one tiny little set i'm going up steep stairs okay okay um i come from a completely different perspective on this um i grew up in a shoeless household Mm -hmm. um but in a shoeless household where everyone was just barefoot okay or and like did you socked. have carpeting? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, in most rooms, not all rooms, but in most rooms. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up in the Midwest in the 90s. Did we have right. carpeting? No. We... <laughs> <laughs> of course, wall to wall and it was beige. We had car- Claire, obviously. <laughs> um, Thomas also grew up in a shoeless household, but he grew up in a like slipper household where everybody right. had like a slipper and all of their families collect like hotel slippers to, to, for guests to wear. (laughs) It's like a whole thing. But I like having a dedicated house shoe, but I don't really love a slipper I've determined. Okay. Um, And I went in the beginning of this period, um, I was wearing the same clogs as mm-hmm. you were, those those Birkenstock Bostons or Shearling line, but I never wore them out. So they were like not my outside shoes. Yeah. And then... I've been wearing, I just bought myself a new pair of the Birkenstock EVA okay. Arizona's, like the two strap yep. classic. And these are just like, you know, these are the things that weigh like two ounces. And you're holding um, them up to the camera. Are they like a metallic? Yeah, they're like bronze. Although, yeah. you know, they're not so mm-hmm. metallic, but that's right. probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mostly, the color selection is not amazing and I didn't yep. want black. That's kind yep. of where I landed. And they're so cushy. They're so perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I was wearing other sandals for a while that were just like, 
it, they were not that comfortable ultimately. Mm-hmm. And I was getting, you know, so many like working from home afflictions of like lower back pain and, yeah. you know, my tailbone's bruised. It hurts again. Uh, um, you need I my, know. do you, do you want it, uh, me to Your give you back pads? my heating pad? <laughs> I think I'm okay for now, but who okay. knows? Well, um, <laughs> whenever you want it, it's here. And I've been tempted just to go barefoot, but then I was reading about how it creates strain on your arch, basically. Mm. You're like plantar fascia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it can make your heel hurt. And okay. so that we shouldn't be barefoot all the time inside, especially okay. on if you don't have carpeted floors. Um, okay. Which, you know, it's Brooklyn in the 2020s. So nobody has not. carpeted floors. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I come to this on the defense because I think that it is a very romantic notion that you present um, of having a nice house shoe. And yeah. I would love to do it. And I would say, you know, that I would blame my steep stairs. But the truth is, you know, I used to live in a one bedroom apartment and before that a studio and I've never been like a strict shoeless person. I don't don't think it's circumstance. Yeah. I don't know what, what my challenge is with it. I also know that I'm someone who would have such a hard time asking other people to take off their shoes in my house. Ooh, I don't do that. Not that I'm ever offended by it when other no, me people either. ask me to do it. I completely understand why people do it. Um, like my floors are filthy and they get dusty really quickly. And like, I, yeah. And you also... Know, I, I'm a shoeless household like I'm like like vegetarian-ish, you know, where it's like, <laughs> yeah. if, like I make exceptions and, yes. you know, like I'm mm-hmm. not, it's not so strict, but yeah. yeah, I don't do it most of the time at home. I suppose the alternative is to do what you sometimes, well, what I had to do when Cam was in daycare or what um, you sometimes do when you tour homes that you're considering renting or buying, which is put on those like shower caps. Yeah. Over the shoes, they're like hairnets that you put on over your shoes. Yep. 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 I guess I'd be willing to do that. Although it seems like a slipping hazard. Yeah. No, I think that's not the answer. I I once went to, uh, to tour like some design house in the Czech Republic, some, you know, modernist like masterpiece, Mm -hmm. right? There was a machine that you've stepped into that basically like slink wrapped around your, Mm -hmm. or shrink wrapped around your foot. Yeah. So it like created a plastic layer around your existing shoe. Love that. So fancy. It was so preposterous. It was so wasteful. Like, why do we all need a plastic jacket made custom for our dumb shoes? But I, I will never forget it. You know? um, well, we invite listeners to leave us a voicemail, write us an email. Please weigh in on what your shoeless household or shoeful ha- household habits are. Mm. Today's episode is brought to you by Sew Squad. Sew Squad is a DIY fashion brand that celebrates the youthful creative spirit in all of us. Their line of easy-to-make, fun-to-wear fashion projects include trendy, beginner-friendly sewing patterns and their new fabric fake-out iron-on prints. Each zine-inspired kit is based off of the season's hottest looks and designed to blow the dust off of old-school crafting. And we are admittedly kind of burying the lead here, but none of their projects require a sewing machine, which feels pretty major for someone like me who is extremely intimidated by the idea of even threading a sewing machine. Sew Squad is a youth-focused line that makes DIY-style fashionable and sustainable fashion easy. You can upcycle old fast fashion buys or extend the life of something you once loved without having to be a master seamstress. 
With over 19 years of fashion industry experience, Sew Squad founder Zoe Washington wanted to bring the sewing and crafting industries into the digital era. She's worked as a stylist, writer, and fashion editor with media powerhouses like Marie Claire, Essence, Vogue, Elle, and InStyle. And more recently, Zoe worked as fashion director at Brit Co. and as fashion and beauty editor for Bravo TV. The Sew Squad's motto is simple. Make it, wear it, share it. Sign up now at www.sosquad.com for their newsletter and to get free shipping on your first order. That's www.sewsquad.com for their newsletter and to get free shipping on your first order. Hey guys, it's Gabby from What's Gabby Cooking, and I figured we've all got a little extra time on our hands right now. Hello, social distancing. So what better time to start a podcast than now? Come hang every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for the foreseeable future while we learn how to put those staple ingredients from your pantry to work. I'll be taking calls every podcast to answer your burning questions on what to make with a mishmash of ingredients, along with talking tips and tricks in the kitchen, how to do easy substitutions and different recipes, and who knows what else. Corona quarantine, here we come. Should we talk about books? Let's talk about books. So obviously over the last month-ish, there have been a lot of conversations about reading and educating ourselves and you know the power of a goddamn book. And there have been a lot of anti-racist reading lists that have circulated um, mostly with nonfiction, all of which is very important and meaningful. But we wanted to share some fiction, some contemporary novels um, that we have loved over the last however many years from Black authors. Because like, you know, a novel is a different experience and you're dropping yourself into a different experience and story. Right. It's very different to it. I mean, there's obviously value to both. Of course. A nonfiction book that is being um, instructive, educational, what have you. And then there's also something really important about centering um, Blackness in storytelling and in entertainment and you get something else from that. Um, So it's it's also meant to just be a reminder that these nonfiction books are not the only way we should be incorporating our um, awareness of the Black lived experience. Yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, This first one is one we've been like planned to talk about on several different occasions and somehow never have. Yeah, somehow never have, but we both fucking loved Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reid. So good. I raced through this. It is... So smart, but it has the um, the feel of like a beach read almost. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like after you read it, you were nagging me to read it for like three weeks of being like, yeah. but have you read it yet? 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 And it's a debut novel and it's about... Well, you you explain it. It is about... So it, it the inciting incident that it starts off with is that there's a young Black woman, Amira, who is babysitting for this young girl, Briar, a white girl, and she takes her out of the house to essentially a bodega and gets somebody accuses her of kidnapping the daughter and calls the cops. And this is filmed on a cell phone. And it's interesting because when you read about the book, that tends to be like the the piece of it that I think the summaries latch onto. But ultimately what the book becomes about is that Amira, this the main character who's who's black and is working for a white family, dating a white man, and the white family and the white man both are entangled. Are entangled. They both think that they're progressive, woke, race conscious, anti-racist, and yet 
they come at this from very different angles and Bri- and Amira is sort of in the middle of it. And it's so interesting. I will say, um, it was really interesting to read as a white woman who employs a black nanny. Um, it made me interrogate a lot of my own thinking and behavior. It's also just like a fun sort of romance in some ways. It's It's a really good book. The references are also so spot on. They're so um, good. In a way that we felt like the fact that this could have been written even just 18 months ago seems shocking. It That, that you know? was crazy to me. So it takes place in Philadelphia, which is a city that I'm familiar with because it's the, it was the largest city that I grew up outside of. But it's also close enough to New York that it feels like you have... A set, like it, it, feel, it felt very contemporary to us. And the fashion references of these characters and the... Um, other references, you know, cultural references for them. It was like, wow, these are so spot on. How could this have gone through the regular publishing cycle? Because it it feels right for right now. Yep, 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 yep. A book that both Oprah and I really loved um, was <laughs> is Behold the you Dreamer. Too. You yeah, two have such similar taste in books. Gosh, us. Um, that would be good friends. <laughs> Watch out, Gail. Behold the Dreamers by Mbolo Mbue. It is also a debut novel. There are a lot of debut novels on this book, uh, on this list. It is about immigration. It's about race. It's about class. It's about privilege. It is about the last recession and Wall Street. So basically, it is about a, a Cameroonian family that immigrates to the US and the father of that family works for a Lehman Brothers executive and um, that family gets entangled with this like very fancy uptown privileged white family. And it just does a great job of painting everyone as like incredibly complicated and examining the like that last crisis as we're going through this one mm. is an interesting experience. Can too. imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. The next two-ish uh, entries are both total romance novels. So the first one you've definitely heard us talk about The Idea of You by Robin Lee. This was the inverse of the first book where you read it and you were like, why haven't you read it yet? Why haven't you read it yet? Yeah. But why haven't you read it yet? No, and this book now, Claire, people think of as like your recommend, like your like your recommendation of like, have you read Claire's book? Have you read Claire's <laughs> book? Because wow, that is what how an honor you are. Yeah. So The Idea of You by Robin Lee. Um it's the best romance novel I've ever read. It's I agree with so that good. It's so incredibly good. Uh, it's this woman who is in her late 30s, divorced, has a daughter. She owns an art gallery. Her daughter is obsessed with this rock band that is not even loosely based on I like rock One Direction. Band. <laughs> I do just keep re- referring to him as like a rocker and a rock band. I don't know. I like it. Keep going. There's a One Direction um, band in this and uh, the Harry Styles character falls in love with the main character, the mom, who's almost 40 and he's what, 19? 20. How old? He's 20. And they fall in love and have the sexiest romance. She has incredible taste in clothes and art and food and... All of the references again are and so good. And he's like so mature and sophisticated in totally unreasonable ways. And it's fiction, you know, I it was, is fiction. I was having a conversation with somebody who, like, in the midst of of quarantine doldrums, and it was like earlier on too, when everybody was just like fully freaking out and depressed. And this person was having a hard time in their marriage and was complaining about that. And I was like, I feel like you just need an escape and like go read this book. And then I immediately took it back because I was like. 
you're just going to be so much angrier with your husband <laughs> once you read this book because he's not a 20-year-old rock star. And so don't read this. Don't yeah. do it. Like find some other escape. Set yourself up for success. Yeah. Can we talk about another romance novel or slash a romance novel series that I have not read that is such a hit? Yes. Um, so the Jasmine Guillory books. So Jasmine Guillory came on the scene, I want to say like a year and a half or two years ago. And I remember... I'd never heard of her. It was her first book. I heard her interview on Call Your Girlfriend. And I think she had been a lawyer before this. And she comes out with this book, The Wedding Date. And suddenly it's everywhere because it's so good. And it's the type of thing that you just consume within an afternoon. And then amazingly, she has somehow just churned out, I feel like one book every six months since. Her it's insane. Is outrageous. <laughs> it's, it's so impressive. Insane. So she has The Wedding Date, The Proposal, The Wedding Party, and then... There's two that I haven't read, Royal Holiday and Party of Two. And what's really fun about them is that they're not a series, they're not sequels, but the main characters of each book are also bit characters in another book. So they're all Uh part of the same universe. So Uh the wedding date is this man and woman meet in an elevator. I think the elevator crashes or something in a hotel and he ends up basically asking her to be his date to this wedding. And it's kind of a joke at first. And then of course they fall in love. And then the next... We all know how... We know how these <laughs> you know how it set up. Yeah. So the next one is uh, The Proposal. And it's like the main character male from the first book. It's his best friend who is maybe appears in one chapter in the first book is now the main love interest in the second book. Um, they're just really fun, cheesy, fun romance novels. And in addition to the fact that Jasmine Guillory is Black, the characters are, are all races, um, which is just something that, as we have talked about on the show before, especially with um, B. Coach from The Ripped Bodice, is not Uh, something that you frequently see in romance novels. Yes, correct, correct, correct. Okay, I'm going to take a bit of a left turn here. Please. um, To, to, I think, the only man on our list, Mm. um, Colson Whitehead. Um, I've only ever read one Colson Whitehead book, which feels ridiculous. I Um, haven't read any, and I I do feel like I can't believe I haven't. And I was glad that you had read this so that we could put it on this list because it felt crazy to have this list without him. I mean, fair. I read and loved The Nickel Boys. I've been recommending that to Thomas recently. It is about a teenage boy and he gets sentenced to this juvenile reformatory that has like deep, dark, terrible um, secrets. And it's really gripping. It's dark. It's hard. And I, I think I read the whole thing on a plane in that way that I don't think I noticed like the drink card even coming by. It was so absorbing. You won the 2020 Pulitzer. I mean, you know, it's a thing. All right. I need to read this. I also... The next Colson Whitehead book I want to read is Sag Harbor, which feels like it might be a good summer 2020 vibe. Like it's okay. definitely a summer book for sure. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, not light, but neither is summer 2020. So... <laughs> True, true. Um, this next one we both read, and so did a lot of people. My sister, the serial killer, which is delightful. It is delightful. It takes place. It is in 19- so dark and weird and it's delightful. So dark and weird, but really funny. I want to be friends with the narrator in it. Um, it the title tells you about the book. Her sister is a serial killer, and it takes place in Nigeria. And her sister easily attracts a lot of men and then kills them all. And um, the narrator just has such a funny... But that's like not a spoiler at all. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. There's just... It's such a good sense of humor. Um, 
also just interesting uh, sort of peek into Nigerian family dynamics and gender dynamics that I didn't know as much about. Um, And yeah, highly enjoyable. I would like this to get either HBO or Hulu treatment in a like Big Little Lies or normal people way where we're just like getting like a mini series, like six to eight episodes I'm looking for. I wouldn't be surprised if it did. It feels so right in that way. It's really good. Yeah. Um, Another that we both read, American Spy. Um, You were really into like spy books for a period. It wasn't even on purpose, but I read like, I swear four spy books in a row. You did. It it was really crazy. I mean, what's not to love? They're thrillers. There's intrigue, there's lying, there's secrets. I love it. And then it made me walk around just questioning whether or not everybody in my life was a spy. This is, did we say the title already? American Spy by Lauren Wilkinson. It's set in the 80s and it has that same like 80s vibe as, why can I not think of the name of the television show? The Americans. Oh yes. Yes. The, like it, it like has that like It's got mystery. major... Yeah. We're in the middle of the Cold War, same as, yeah. same as mm-hmm. the Americans. And it does... it. I maybe because it this was the decade and that I was born in, and I yeah. just don't think about the eighties in this way a lot, but there is a certain romance to it that I hadn't thought about a lot before. Where yeah. I was just like, gritty New York. Yeah, I'm into cool. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yet another debut novel. Zinzi Clemens wrote What We Lose. And this is a coming of age story. It's told in vignettes. So it's not like a classic novel format. It's like an interesting one to just kind of like get lost in over the course of a weekend. Like, I, it's not the kind of thing I would recommend reading over a couple months. You okay. know, I feel like yep. you kind of have to like immerse yourself into it, if that makes sense. I do feel like I, I've seen this book around a lot and it's one I It has like a very pretty cover read. also. Yeah. Yep. Um, it looks good on a book table. Mm. Um, well, you know. well, then I'm in. <laughs> you know. <laughs> not on like such a fun age. Like they're kind of, right. they could like be sitting next okay. to each other. Okay. Um, um, next one, An American Marriage and Silver Sparrow by Tayari Jones, who we love and who's been on the podcast. She will charm your socks right off. Um, if you so have never charming. listened to an interview with her, I highly recommend it. You could listen to ours or you could listen to various others. There was another podcast interview she did that was so, so good. Oh, it, was it Death, Sex, and Money? Yes, um, I think that was it. Yeah. Oh, just really, really remarkable. And what you were saying about Jasmine Guillory of all the characters being part of the same yes. universe, that is like a classic Tiari Jones move too. She writes about family and marriage and race. And these novels are just very sort of tightly, tightly written plots that are really engaging. I have not read Britt Brennett's newest book, The Vanishing Half, but I really loved The Mothers. Um, Her writing feels, it's like a cousin of Tiari's in some way. She sets up these very juicily complicated premises that let her get into these themes, um, mm-hmm. but you never lose sight of the characters or the, like who they are as individuals. It just explores these deeper topics um, in that way. And add that to the list of looks really good on a coffee table. Beautiful 100%. cover. This 100%. cover is very beautiful. Jacqueline Woodson, who is best known for her YA and her middle age book. You've probably heard of Brown Girl Dreaming. Middle um, grade book. Oh, yeah. Middle, what did I say? You said middle, middle age, age, which is a different thing. <laughs> well, another Brooklyn is a middle age book. Um, so I guess yeah. there's that. It's kind of a, a read if you like the group or summer sisters. Mm-hmm. It's like reflecting on a very particular period of youth and friendship. This book pops up a lot, a lot. Um, in terms of like maybe best books people have read, Homegoing yes. by Yaa Jesse. So um, good. 
so, so, so good. It follows um, generations of generations of generations, starting with um, two half sisters who came over from Ghana in the 18th century in the slave trade. And it is so illustrative of the experience of Black people in this country and how generational pain and oppression gets passed along. I felt like I had a sense of those things before reading the book of, of how how the impact of racism and and uh, and, and the culture and system and the culture racism, yeah. right how that gets passed on from generation to generation and how we're still feeling the repercussions hundreds of years later but she illustrates it so beautifully that it, it for anyone who who didn't didn't believe it before who who didn't understand it before it, it, it's impossible to deny her second book, Transcendent Kingdom, is coming out in September and is getting a ton of buzz already. Um, very exciting. I feel like, yeah, it's got big fall book written all over it. We Love You, Charlie Freeman by Caitlin Greenidge. So it's one of these sort of like things are not what they seem stories mm-hmm. that's a little, not fully Black Mirror, but like okay. it like treads into the sort of fringes of that. It gets into culture's failure to talk about race and it is about a family that has been invited to the Tunnybee Institute to participate in a research experiment, which, you know, like that sounds creepy um, and <laughs> is a little creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So Americana, obviously, mm-hmm. is um, an iconically good book. After reading it, I was like, okay, I need to read anything that Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie writes. Um, and if you choose just one, I would say The Thing Around Your Neck which is 12 short stories. And I am not a short story person. I was going to say, I'm so surprised. I know. I've read, I've probably read two or three short story books I've liked in my entire life. And this is one of them. So. All right. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of YAs on this list and you are the expert in all things YA. Yeah. I love, I love me some YA. With the Fire on High by Elizabeth Acevedo. I just read that recently. Uh, the main character is an ambitious teenage, like a high school senior who wants to be a cook um, and who has a two-year-old daughter. And I just really appreciated the fact that we got a story of a high school like teen mom mm-hmm. totally. um, that isn't like a, a warning or a sad story or, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that she has like a whole lot of other things going on too. Yep. Um, it was very compelling and the food and culinary descriptions are really good, which I like in a book for sure. Angie Thomas, do you know Angie Thomas's story? No. Basically, she, when she was in college, she was writing short stories and she went to a small Southern uh, university. I think I'm pretty sure in Mississippi, I think that's where she grew up. And there was a professor, like an old white man professor who was like, hey, there is something here. You have to like keep writing about your experiences. People like need to hear this. And she was like, people don't like care about these like books like this. Like people don't care about my stories. And he was like, no, there's something here. And like pushed her to keep working on it. And I, you know, I believe that there, like she probably would have come to this eventually on her Mm -hmm. own, but she kept writing and writing what eventually became The Hate You Give. And when she would turn it in, he was like, yeah, this is supposed to be like a short story, not a whole novel. You're writing a novel. (laughs) Um, And she put it away for a while and then came back to it. And like, boom, it was a New York Times bestseller. Like, huge thing. The movie is really good too. And her second book, On the Come Up, is about a 16-year-old female rapper, um, which Angie Thomas was also a teen rapper in her day. Wow. I know. Okay. 
She's right. quite compelling as a character. Quite I love compelling. that. And then Nicola Yoon's The Sun is also a star and everything, everything we have talked about yes. multiple times. The Sun is also a star is the love story that you need. I like I this is I feel shame that I haven't read because I just know that I would love it so much. I don't know why Claire, I haven't just picked it up. I know. I mean, Claire, it is just it is so good. So Natasha is Jamaican and Daniel is Korean American and they have this faded interaction on this day where he's supposed to be like interviewing a Dartmouth and saying why he wants to be pre-med and like selling his whole tale when really he wants to be a poet. And she is seeking out um, immigration lawyer help because her family's being deported the next day. And it's just like, it's so wonderful. Um, it talks a lot about the pressure on children of immigrants. It talks weirdly a lot about, not weirdly, but like interestingly a lot about Koreans in the business of black hair and black hair mm, care. Right. Um, and I saw this movie in theaters and Yara Shahidi and James Melton. You know James Melton's yeah. like the Rivergale guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. They are both like so hot. Um, <laughs> he is blessedly in his late 20s, which I looked up having it was like, say, when I left. He's so much older though. He I is so like, much older than yeah. her. And that's the only thing that made me feel comfortable about how, how hot he was. <laughs> he's in a real life relationship with somebody or he just broke up with somebody. I was following this. It was pretty James Melton girlfriend. I'm just going to Google it while we're... Charles Melton. Charles, Charles Melton, Melton. Sorry. Yes. yes. Um, Charles Melton girlfriend. I'm just going to Google this. Camilla Mendes, right. Who's oh. also on Riverdale, who plays Betty on Riverdale. I think they're still together. Oh no, they've broken up. They broke up. Well, they might be back in a minute. Who knows? Who knows? They might be back together already. Find this movie online. My review of it after I saw it was that if this had been on a streaming platform, we would have been hearing about it everywhere. But because it was released in theaters, I feel like we didn't. But it's like, if you liked To All the Boys I've Loved Before, you will like this. Okay. Well, I love To All the Boys I Loved Before. I mean, so, who didn't? Yeah. Who didn't? Yep. Yeah. <sighs> um, Anything else of, you'd like to share? No, I think, I think we covered <laughs> it. I think this was an excellent list. I'm very excited to dive into some of these. Me too. Me too. I think Sag Harbor is next for me. That's the show. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, like Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. If you have ideas for the show or want to advertise, email podcast at clarinerica.com. Find show notes and coupon codes and so much more at clarinerica.com. <laughs>